Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. This is Stan Wangland. I'm one of your co-hosts from the People Under the Stairs. And it's November 11th, 2019. And I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Paul James Caden. Paul, are you there? I'm here. I got my groovy new headset with the microphone. And I hope I sound much more clear and less lispy for our listeners starting in this episode. Uh, you're very clear, Paul, but uh, you still have kind of a lisp. Everybody uh, who's in the recording business knows that you get boy, the uh, mics will give you a, a pretty heavy lisp. Uh, but <laughs> it still sounds great, Paul. Hey, for folks who are listening on in today, uh, you know, uh, we had a really good idea for a show. And um, when you look at everything that's, you know, all the stuff that's going on in the world, all the whether it could be the divisiveness or you know, all the various opinions that people have about things or um, uh, social media, the power of that and, and whatever. Uh, it could be spiritual stuff that's out there. The idea of thought and reality and how one uh, influences the other or how they're interrelated was what uh, Paul and I uh, thought would be a very, very interesting topic to talk about. You know, once again, how our thoughts become reality and how our reality can, you know, become our thoughts and all the little things that are associated with that. So, Paul, you know, what are some ideas that uh, this was a concern of yours? What are some what are some ideas that you have regarding this or some concerns about this or, you know, what are your feelings on thoughts, the power of them in reality? Well, this uh, idea for the show really came to me today. I was in a moment of uh, kind of spiritual contemplation. And it just came to me out of nowhere that when you look at the physical environment and how man treats it, he pollutes the air, he pollutes the water, the land. But he also does the same thing to himself on the inner landscape in his thoughts, his mind, his emotions, his, his spiritual well-being. And I just thought that was a very profound thought that just kind of came out of nowhere into my uh, my thought process. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a good idea to do a show on because when you think of it from the psychological perspective, which we're going to talk about in your field of expertise, you know, how thought affects our behavior, it affects our mind, it affects how we see the world, uh, but also in the spiritual uh, arena, you know, for years, many mystics and uh, people who do meditation and, and follow the spiritual path have said that our thoughts are energy and what we focus on 
becomes reality. That's the whole thing of even the practice of magic when you see people doing Wicca or white magic or black magic. You know, it's not the tools on the table or the magic wand that gives the the power. They say those are just tools that help them focus, and it's actually their intent for the spell or the magical workings that influence the energies of the universe and bring it to pass. So there's a lot of powerful ideas about thoughts, what they are, how they affect us, right down to the molecular level, uh, even how they affect our reality and what can happen in our day-to-day lives. And it's it's really fascinating, and I hope people will listen to this show and and take something away from it. Consider what's going on, as they uh, used to say, in between their ears. Absolutely, and what you're really describing uh, with thinking is uh, it goes back hundreds of years in psychology to the beginnings of psychology, whether people function purely on their emotions whether they functioned, uh, you know, based on careful uh, analysis and thinking and this whole idea of consciousness. Uh, today, we call that cognitive behavioral uh, psychology where, and all the movements that you see on positive thinking, positive motivation. Um, all of, you, all of your uh, people from ancient times who were using different meditative techniques to alter their thinking and their thoughts and all those things. They were using different versions of the same thing. And, you know, Paul, when you mentioned energy, uh, you know, the, one of the least understood things, and it's amazing, I can say this as a psychologist, and probably 99% of the, the audience listening to this doesn't know this. You probably take for granted the, the fact that, um, you know, when you're conscious that doctors and psychologists and biologists understand, you know, exactly the processes involved in consciousness, and you know what the truth is, Paul? They don't. Do tell. Yeah, do tell is they don't. They're not quite sure uh, how consciousness actually develops out of our out of our the organ, which is called our brain. We know we have all those neurons there. We know that they uh, become stimulated, but we don't know how it turn you know transmits into actual consciousness and so on and so forth. And when you were talking about uh, energy before the uh, when you guys are listening to this uh, podcast or anything or you're just feeling that your shoes are too tight or the room is too warm there's little neurons in your brain and they're you know they're being stimulated to to become aware of that and that stimulation is electrochemical energy and i didn't want to get overly complicated but i think it's a very easy thing for anybody to understand those little neurons fire and make us aware of things so that we can think and respond and act and be aware of things based on this uh, electro, uh, electrochemical energy. So, yeah, there is an energy so- source to our thoughts. So when we're thinking negative thoughts and we're getting, uh, you know, hyped up and agitated and our blood pressure is increasing and all those kinds of things, we're actually going into like a, a, a flight or or fight mode, you know, and our brains start working overtime. They start shutting down different parts of the brain and energizing other parts of the brain so that we can can deal with that threat or whatever. And then when we meditate and we calm down, the opposite thing happens. So do, do thoughts have reality? Do thoughts manifest themselves in uh, illnesses and better behavior and better decisions and, you know, all things, you better believe they do, you know? And if you're a witch, like when you mentioned Wicca, or if you're a shaman and you go through all kinds of, you know, rituals and you make a person conscious of certain things, those very things can elicit different kinds of electrochemical reactions in people, like fear, like calm, like confidence. Make sense? It does. It definitely does. That's what they say. A lot of the uh, witch doctors in Africa and parts of the world like that, that it's not actually the, uh, the magic that kills the person. It's the pure, the person's fear of the magic. They Absolutely. believe so, so Absolutely. fully that these, these rituals will kill them and, you know, cause ill health. 
that it actually materializes. Absolutely, Paul. And you know, when I was in graduate school, the head of the Nassau County Psychiatric Association was uh, teaching uh, one of my classes on psychogenic uh, medicine. And it was, you know, how illnesses are caused by psychological problems, by these thoughts or these perceptions that we have. And he said, if you don't believe that that can happen, he says, then I'll bring you to 25 different countries where if somebody eats dog meat, they might be sick or dead the next morning. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know about you, do you, when you're feeling sick, do you ever go to the doctor and all of a sudden feel better that you're in the doctor's office? All of a sudden you start feeling better. Mm-hmm. That happens to me but, quite frequently. Yeah. Just like this, like the toothache that stops the minute you go to the dentist. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you have confidence that they're going to have a pill. They're going to have a treatment. They're going to have something else that uh, is, is going to get you better. That help is on the way now, you know? What else, uh, you, you know, what other, how do, you, how do you think this manifests itself in other ways, Paul? Um, you know, let's say spiritually. What do, you, what do you think the thoughts do spiritually with people? Well, I'm going to get deep on the listening audience here for a minute. Sure. When you delve into the, uh, the subject of the, the metaphysical, they say that consciousness is not a part of the brain, uh, that there is actually no consciousness in matter. You know, consciousness is the thing that uh, maybe runs the computer of the brain, not vice versa. Mm-hmm. And they say this because they say, well, look at people that meditate or have had an out-of-body experience or a near-death experience. You know, the body was uh, ceasing to function at that moment. There was no heartbeat. There was no brain activity. But uh, allegedly, the the consciousness or the soul of the person was outside of the vis- physical body, still able to hear, still able to see, still able to think. So uh, those in metaphysics will say, you know, consciousness is of the spirit. It's it's not of the brain or the the body of matter. Therefore, they say that that the universe is more spiritual than material. That this is kind of the the world of illusion. So what you put out in consciousness and really believe and have faith in, whether you say, well, I'm afraid I'm going to get cancer, I'm going to die, or something's wrong with me, you know, I'm going to get some terrible illness, uh, you know, this can certainly manifest on the physical body. Uh, but also if you focus on uh, the higher ideals of the universe, love, peace, health, healing, you know, all things that are not a part of the world of matter, it can cause healing or positive experiences to come to you. And uh, some people might think that's a little bit of hokum, but a lot of, uh, a lot of different spiritual paths practice this, like Buddhism. <clears throat> they will, um, when they meditate, you know, a Buddhist doesn't, you know, pray, you know, oh God, you know, help me with this, help me with that. But many Buddhists say when they meditate, when they're deep into their meditation, they'll send out like a little, um, not, it's not like a wish, like I wish I had a million dollars, but kind of like a thought of something that they de- they desire. And they say they're putting that thought out into the universal consciousness to uh, manifest in their material reality. Just like many mystics, when they're meditating on the presence of God, they'll say when they're deeply immersed in that presence, they'll have one word that covers the prayer that they want. So if it's healing, the word would just be health or healing. And they'll think that word very strongly like a laser beam in that moment of uh, contemplation or contemplative prayer, which is a form of meditation. And this also affects their consciousness, the spiritual universe, and it brings about change on the uh, the material um, level. So it's, it's very, uh, it gets very deep and... Uh, a lot of people believe in it and, and practice it, and many say with with good results. You know, I, I certainly believe that there's something to all that sort of thing, that what we do think, as the proverb, as a man thinks, so he becomes. So yeah, he many, uh, I'm sorry. But I was all done. No, I'm sorry. I, I, you, you paused there for, for a bit. I thought you were finished. You sure? Yep, I was just gonna. I, I misquoted that pro, that proverb. It was, "As a man thinketh, so he is." Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's the same the same fact that people you know say today, and that's a self fulfilling prophecy. And when you uh, there's also a term called cognitive dissonance. It means if you keep saying something over and over again, uh, you empower that thought. But more importantly than just a term like empower that thought, your mind wants to be at ease, so it's in a state of dissonance. It's uh, it, it's not so it shifts in the attitude of where you were saying, you know, what you were talking about. Now, you know, you mentioned that consciousness exists outside, you know, when people have these near-death experiences. Well, their brain isn't totally dead. And I say, I would disagree with that, I, uh, you know, on a variety of levels, uh, that uh, uh, all of those experiences that you talk about, I think, are very real. But I know that many Tibetan monks, and I forget the famous uh, guy's name, he uh, works very closely with neuropsychologists uh, in, in the contemporary world, that it's almost like neurology, when you're talking about the meditative factors of monks, that they're really altering their brain waves and doing different things where they they can um, you know, alter the amount of breathing and oxygen that they use. They can alter their uh, body temperature and things like that. It's the same way, you know, supporting what you were saying before, you could make yourself sick. But, uh, you know, one of my favorite books is the book on biocentrism and uh, by, you know, which is a very interesting thing. If you're not aware of something, if you're not conscious, conscious of it, it doesn't exist. Who is it? Who does it exist for? So you have to be conscious of something. You have to be aware of something. You have to perceive something for that, uh, you know, uh, for that you know, thing to exist for you. It's the same way when you have people that do remote viewing uh, or different things like that. They're, they're not doing something um, outside of their body. They're just using their, uh, they're using their consciousness differently. So regardless of whether, you know, you, you take your point of view, Paul, or you take mine, which is somewhere in the middle of those things, but, uh, it still is saying that thoughts are very, very powerful, powerful, powerful things. You know, I think particularly in religion. I think particularly in religion for these metaphysical experiences, I think that people use the power of their thoughts based on our culture at any given point in time to turn off their connectedness with uh, higher levels of consciousness or different levels of consciousness. And I don't know how you feel about that. I know we've had that discussion before. What do you think about some of those things? Now, when you, when you say people turning off their, uh, you mean like being oblivious to the, the power of their thoughts type of thing? Uh, kind of, or they create a narrative that denies them, you know, being open-minded. Uh, and I think open-minded means uh, like putting an antenna out to catch the energies, the energies of, of thoughts, even if they're your own, you know, that you're, you're stifling those, your, your thinking. It's like when people stifle their creativity, you know, based out of fear or, uh, you know, they, they stifle positive growth and development, uh, positive thinking, positive outlooks on things like you were talking about uh, or alluding to with illness or other people it's you know those kinds of things it can shut you off uh from religious and 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 other metaphysical experiences i think that's what it means in the new testament when uh, you know when jesus will say not going into the weeds here but he'll say nobody gets to the father except through uh, by means of me right i think he's saying you have to open up your mind and accept me and that opens, you know, opens the possibility thinking. And it opens up that thought. It opens up an energy flow. And, uh, you know, consequently, you have a, uh, an experience. Well, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, all the, all the great sages that ever walked the, the face of the earth talked about, uh, you know, not thinking the way the world at large thinks. You know, don't think about you know, worrying about money and greed and, you know, all the things that we, uh, we chase after in the material world, they say, no, there, there's a higher way, there's a better way. 
So I, I think when, when people focus so much just on the materiality of life, you know, my job, my house, uh, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, it, it definitely does uh, jack your antenna down where, you, where you're not picking those, those signals up. And I think that's why you hear a lot of people will say, well, I never seen, you know, a ghost or I never had a paranormal experience yeah. or I never, cool. I never had guidance like that or thought I heard from my guardian angel or God. And the question I usually ask those people is, well, have you over ever opened yourself up to seek it? And the mm -hmm. question 100% of the time is always, no, I always just thought if God wanted to say something to me, he would. Now mm -hmm. that's, <laughs> you know, that's certainly, it can be spontaneous in mm -hmm. our lives, but if we're open to it, uh, we're certainly more apt to start picking up the, those frequencies within ourselves. You know, today's Veterans Day, and I'll use that as an example. I think uh, if we were talking to a group of um, Aborigines or we were talking to a group of Native Americans um, who are uh, from yesteryear, or we were talking to soldiers who were very battle-hardened uh, in certain forms of combat, uh, my point is this. They could be out in the woods, and where you or I would not know we were being spied upon or somebody was out there or, you know, looking at us, plotting against us or whatever. You see this with animals sometimes, too. White hunters have to be so far, far, far away and be very careful of how they smell, how they act, even how anxious they become. That uh, how many soldiers would tell you, they'd say, yeah, before we went into that battle, I knew something was not right. I could feel something. Yeah, how many people have walked down a dark road or, or you know, or, you know, and, you know or, or been in a certain situation and said, nah, I don't think I'm going to go in that bar. I don't think I'd better do this. And, and when you don't listen to that, that thought that's, you know, nagging at you, you know, it, it kind of comes true sometimes. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I, a lot of people study things like that. And, um, yeah, I was finished, Paul. Yeah. It's, it's one way that our, our thoughts, uh, through intuition, the yes. feelings or the thoughts or images that come to us, you know, so that that's an interesting point that our thoughts can affect uh, the reality around us, the physical reality, but it can all the, our thoughts can also project inward through intuition and our guidance uh, to give us a perception of things that our eyes might not be seeing or our ears might not be hearing about mm -hmm. the world around us, you know, warning us, don't go there, don't trust that person you know, whatever the case may be. It's like when people say, you know, always look, always look to see who little kids or puppies or animals, you know, the, the kind of people that they care for, as opposed to, you know, animals are very good judge of people many times. Little I've, I've worked with little kids my entire life and they are, you know, not always, but many times a really good judge. They're uh, many times for very good reason, uncomfortable about, around people. Uh, because, you know, they pick up on things. They pick up on those thoughts. They pick up on that, uh, that energy. They do. They, yeah. they do. Have you ever had the experience as an animal lover where you would just be in the room, you know, your cat or your dog is nowhere around and you just think about maybe calling them and almost on cue, they come like walking in the room, like they heard your voice. Oh, all the time. As a matter of fact, it happens with um, it happens with the, um, the the stray cats that I have that we take care of outside. They're gone many times during the day. They come at all hours uh, back. I have this uncanny thing where and because the times are not the same. I just know when when one of them shows up outside the house. Uh, at a very high percentage uh, of time and they're all different times. You can just feel them on the other side of the door. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. I, and I think that's answering. I think that's the same thing you're talking about. They kind of pop right up out of nowhere. Yeah, they they do. I, I would say run an experiment. I, I've told people to do this. I, I've heard about this, and I tried it a couple times. 
where you're just in a room and just like you would call your pet by name, but do it in your mind and see if they respond. Uh, you know, I, there was once I did it, I was calling one of the cats and, you know, I was in the bathroom with the door open. I was home alone. And uh, just out of nowhere, the cat came running in like I was calling her. So did she hear? Did she hear those thoughts? Did she pick up on those thoughts? It, it's an interesting experiment that a lot of people say that they've uh, just done spontaneously. I was thinking about my pet. I was going to call my pet and suddenly they came running into the room like I was calling them, like they knew I was going to call them. So do they pick up on our thoughts, our energy? Well, what do you think about in the day-to-day, um, the day-to-day world that we live in? Uh, what effect do you think that the thoughts and reality, uh, you know, with with this premise, what what effect do you think that you you see in our world? Oh, I think a lot, and that's that would be uh, again getting getting kind of deeply into the metaphysical. You know, when you read in Proverbs, there's a way that seems right to a man, but it only leads to death. You know, and also the words of uh, Jesus when he said, it's not what goes in the body that defiles the man, but what comes out of the heart, you know, the, the murderers, the greed. So, you know, that being said, uh, with all the sages who always warned us, don't act the way that the world at large acts, don't think the way that they think. You know, I think we've built uh, an empire out of, you know, a lot of negativity, a lot of fear, a lot of death. I mean, you think about it. We can't even, in our medical profession, we can't even really think about helping one another and healing one another without the thought of greed entering in. You know, pharmaceutical companies, you know, uh, they're out there saying, well, we're, we're really not in the business of healing people. You know, we're, we're in the market of, uh, you know, uh, pushing a product, you know, uh, the insurance companies, how they overcharge. I mean, greed enters in, you know, so there's, there's so much red tape that uh, I think bogs man down in his world because of the way he thinks, the way he perceives. And I think this is why we have uh, so many of the problems that we have, whether they be physical illnesses, people just feeling uneasy depressed, lost, uh, like there's something wrong, uh, you know, in the world. And, you know, everybody feels that from time to time. And I think we just pick up on that, uh, as metaphysics would call it, the, um, the, uh, the world thought, the world consciousness, you know, everybody's, you know, thinking along these lines and it's just affecting our environment. Uh, and even each and every one of us, if we're kind of, you know, part of that environment, which we all are, so, yeah, I, I think it affects a lot of things that if we got rid of the, you know, playing on one another's fears through religion or trying to dominate one another's thoughts, uh, the greed, the war, the, you know, I'm better than you because I have money and you don't, or I'm this color and you're not. If we could get past all of those very foolish ways of thinking that seem right to us but only lead to death, uh, I think the world would be a vastly different place. We'd be very surprised if we cleaned up our, our thoughts and the way we perceive life and those around us. You know, it's also because people don't, uh, many, many people really don't know why they act the way that they do. They don't have a clue. They know that they, they know that, uh, they like certain things. They know they're afraid of certain things. They know that there are certain behaviors that they're allowed to do that other behaviors they're not allowed to do, but they really don't understand how their mind operates. Like if you want to go on a very simple level, you can say that people operate on a thinking, feeling, and doing level. That you can think about what you're going to do, or you can feel, and then just do something. And you feel angry, so you slap somebody, you know? Or you feel angry, and you think it through and say, well, the best thing to do is to, um, you know, ignore this person. Or the best thing to do is this. So, Think of how many things that you do and people do in a in every day that isn't based really on any thought at all. You think it's based on thinking, but what it's really based on is emotion. And if your thinking is screwed up, then your emotions will be normal and they'll be correct, but for the wrong reasons. You follow what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I, I do. If you think if you think everybody's out to get you. Uh, you know, or that, uh, you know, because they're a Republican or a Democrat, I'll use politics, an easy one. 
then uh, if you ascribe, uh, you know, a certain motives to everybody when you have no proof, you'll become very agitated and act accordingly. You won't be really acting on your thinking. You'll be acting on your emotions. That's why, you know, I have politicians and ad people and uh, salespeople and things like that. They don't play on your thinking ability. They play on your emotions. They play on your heartstrings. You know? And uh, so, you know, the, your, your, your thoughts uh, don't get a chance to turn into reality so much as, as your emotions do. And it's not saying you shouldn't be emotional, but your emotions should be based on thinking that is accurate. And well, that's, that, that's really a great point you made uh, inadvertently there, because when it comes to, as we said in the beginning, you know, magic, uh, metaphysics manifesting, you know, on purpose with thought, they all say that the key ingredient is your emotion. You know, do you real, really feel like this is going to happen? Do you have the faith and the confidence? Do you feel positive about it or even things that you're afraid of? You know, some mm -hmm. say, you know, fear is faith inverted. So the thing that you're feeling really stressed out or angry or resentful or afraid of is always the thing that manifests much quicker in our life because of the emotion factor. You know, emotions are very powerful they say in that 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 way absolutely you know i i studied with a hypnotist many years ago and i had a partner when i um, had a uh, my own private practice who was a hypnotherapist and one of the things that uh, hypnotherapists do when they practice that is they and there's actually uh for psychologists are trained in that psychiatrists other people years ago to perform hypnosis um you know and still are for a variety of reasons you know, from a medical point of view or a scientific way. And there's a little test that you can give to people, and it's called the gullibility factor. You know, and it's basically people who don't use critical thinking as much as the person next to them. They're more gullible uh, with things. And uh, Las Vegas hypnotists years ago would see that. They'd, they'd have an audience, a room of 500 people. And just based on statistics alone, you know that you're going to get 10, 15 percent of the audience is going to be very gullible, right? So you tell everybody, raise your hand, put them over your head and everybody raises their hands. And then uh, you say, you cannot put them down. Now, by the time I get from one to four, one, two, three, you can't put them down. And you'll look and you'll see who are the people who are the slowest putting their hands down. And mm -hmm. what have you identified? You've identified all those people who want to believe in witchcraft who want to believe in uh, the power of, uh, you know, cleansing the, the room with sage, who want to believe in the power of whatever. You know, they're all ripe. They're all ripe for that kind of stuff. I think, you, I think we see the same thing sometimes uh, in fundamental religions, that people try to show their devotion to God, and uh, it's why they become so fanatical and so intolerant rather than actually practicing what they should preach many times by going into all kinds of elaborate shenanigans, uh, <laughs> which, uh, you know, kind of defy the reason behind the religion and get into the pure emotion, you know? I like the televangelist with the, uh, the prayer cloth and, uh, you know, all that kind of thing they used to send out. Oh, send yeah. in your donation. I'll send you a cloth that I prayed over and I anointed it with oil. Man, people wow. used to buy those things up. Yeah, think of it. Uh, think of it all, but you know, also with people yelling and screaming and dancing and and being joyous and happy and uh, you know, their emotions are flying like crazy uh, in a lot of things. So if you're going and you know, jumping up and down and there's all kinds of music and people are sweating and screaming and flying all over the place and uh, it, you work yourself up through your emotions into thought that may not even match reality. It may not even match the religion that you're trying to practice in many cases, you know? No, I, I definitely don't think so. And you, you can see that at a Trump rally any day of the week <laughs> or, or a nope. Democratic rally, you know, or, or anything else like that, or a, um, a televangelist, as you mentioned, you know, 
just think of it. If you, for those of you guys who disagree, whatever religion that you practice, I'll use religion, for example. Then I'll speak about Christianity. One, one quick second. Go sim simply take any of the 49 commandments that Christ actually gave in the Bible. There's only 49 that he gave. None of them sound anything like any of the crazy stuff that you hear from people screaming and yelling and bouncing off the walls. Well, that, that that's just another, uh, <laughs> as far as... Uh, as far as I look at it, it's just another form of, you know, mind control to, to fill the fill the pews or get people to give into these ministries. It's I've always said there's there's a vast difference in knowing about something or even knowing about God and knowing, you know, I, I could know about Stan, but do I know Stan? And, you know, there's this whole thing you, you can even see. Uh, with a lot of religions, they say, well, it's, it's about the knowledge that you have, the knowledge of the truth, and we're giving you that knowledge. So they're pumped full of these ideas that they think just holding that idea or that belief uh, gets them a free ticket to heaven, that they become the chosen ones. And this, you know, they start acting very fanatical because, hey, you know, I, I have the truth. You know, the, the pastor told me, the priest told me, my, my denomination told me. So it, it is, it's, it's kind of a form of a waking hypnosis that, uh, you know, get people to follow you like the, the Pied Piper. Yeah. And we, and we see it, we see it right now, you know, politically, you see it right now in the world and, and not just on, you know, not just, um, you know, on Trump's politics, uh, you see it in our culture, the massive change in our culture where, uh, you, you see things that are grossly in my opinion, many things, highly inappropriate. But then someone will tell you, no, that's that's okay now. That's all right, regardless of what you actually see with your own eyes. And see, that, that goes with, uh, as we were talking about earlier, the putting out that, opening yourself up, putting out that spiritual antenna, mm -hmm. you know, because right now there's a lot of people that, you know, there's two classes of people. There's people that kind of woke up from the religious spell and said, this isn't working, or I found out these people lied to me, uh, so I'm done with religion. And a lot of them are, are, are just focusing on the, uh, the, the meat and potatoes of life, that, that, that physical realm that we live in. And then we have those who are still clinging to those old beliefs, and, and, and they're trying to marry those beliefs to a politician a man, uh, a political party, and, you know, rather than opening up, you know, the thoughts and, uh, as we say, thinking higher, thinking more, you know, peace, love, you know, thought transcending this material world, they're just hopping in at like a big comfortable bed and covering up with it. And just like I said, you know, uh, before, there's a way that seems right to, to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. You know, the, the more you just perseverate on the things of the material world, the, the more your thoughts just start to uh, di disintegrate, you know, your, your thoughts, your life, your mentality, society. So for me, anyway, that, that's what I believe. If, if you uh, keep drilling further and further down into the, the sewer of what makes the, uh, the clock tick and our little empire of greed and nonsense in this world uh the more it's just going to cause so many problems for the individual for the group for the nation for the world and i think we're seeing a a beautiful example of that on the world stage right now yeah you know the ancient greeks used to have a thing there there uh where they would their highest form of learning they would have in the gymnasium they would call it and it wasn't just a gymnasium to work out physically they believed in a healthy body and a healthy mind, you know, mind, body, and spirit, uh, you know, uh, good diet, all the things we talk about today, being physically fit, being capable of, uh, you know, taking care of yourself and being in good health, but cultivating your mind with mathematics and music and military history and all the different things of the day. And if you look at people today and for many generations and particularly people in many parts of the world now that are, you know, industrialized, it's like they're going backwards. They are in, uh, they take less care of themselves uh, in reality, unless it's on some kind of binge dieting or working out or tattooing yourself to, you know, for, for some brief period in your life. 
but the vast majority of time isn't spent in really developing um, a realistic, healthy body. And it's certainly not spent uh, developing a healthy, well-balanced mind of critical thinking. And, you know, that's what this whole thing is about, whether it comes to if you practice Wicca or you practice, uh, you know, you're meeting with a shaman or you're, uh, you're, you're practicing cognitive behavioral therapy or you're just living your life as a grown-up. You have to be a critical thinker. And a critical thinker is someone who sees the world as it really is and then does what they ought to do about it. In a, in a healthy, balanced, realistic way. You know, that's that's what a critical thinker is. That if, if something's crazy, if, it, if there's no proof behind it, if, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like it makes any sense or it doesn't feel right, it doesn't fit into something, you don't have the evidence to support it, that you don't necessarily go off and, and, and involve yourself in it. And uh, just think about it. Just think about it. I mean, how much during the day do... Most of you, uh, myself, other people, I mean, I mean I, I don't, I'm not trying to be critical. How, how much during the day do you spend developing just a little bit about how you think? Because you can't control a lot of the thoughts you put in your head. You have a choice. You know, not on everything. And you have a choice how to behave. You don't have a choice on how to feel. That's going to happen on its own. But that's power. That's great power. And people who can influence your feelings and thoughts like that, um, you know, they can do that for good and they can do it for evil. But it's up to you and I to, uh, I think, uh, to, to manage that ourselves and spend some time on ourselves. And I know that's what Tibetan monks do and that's what, you know, uh, Buddhist people do and that's what uh, people who are, philosophers do or people who are just farmers and have good common sense do in their own way and their life is a lot better off because i think they're functioning in the world of reality and if they choose to function in the metaphysical world they function there in a in a in a good way as well i don't know what you think about that speech paul but that's my closing thoughts on this con on this topic today thoughts and reality Oh boy, do I disagree now! <laughs> oh, you can't. No. no, it's it's definitely good stuff. But you know, I I think that uh, I'm a little bit of the belief that we can control uh, at least more uh, better than we do our thoughts and emotions. Uh, you know, when you you do things like mindfulness meditation. Oh yes. Uh, you know that sort of thing. It really does help you get a handle on. Uh, it's like the natural antidepressant and, and anti-anxiety. It really does help you get on top of a lot of racing thoughts that just kind of come bludgeoning into the mind. And uh, and even sometimes when those old stressful or fearful thoughts do pop up, you realize you're not reacting to them like, like you used to. You're more observing them, letting them pass because, you know, it's just a thought. So things like meditation, prayer, all of that can really help you uh, get a hold on the, the racing mind. Absolutely, as well as different types of music that affects your, uh, your central nervous system. They have a ton of stuff that you can get on YouTube for that. The iconic, uh, I forget what the, uh, the, the clinical names of it, it's fascinating. It really has a calming effect on your central nervous system just by listening to it. It's great stuff. But what do you think, Paul? Anything else you'd like to add on this subject today? We're at, we're, we're at about 45 minutes here. Yeah, I would just encourage people, you know, do your own research and come to your own conclusion. Do you think consciousness is in the brain? Do you think it's in spirit, you know, that the, the brain is just the computer that some higher part of us operates? There's a lot of fascinating books out there. One of them I know just came out of, well, it's, it's been a number of years now. It's called Proof of Heaven. And I don't remember the doctor's name who, who wrote the book, but he had uh, meningitis and his brain swelled and he was in a uh, very bad state and he had, he had uh, near-death experience. 
And when he came out of it, he was a, um, a neurosurgeon. He said, you know, that and his constituents agreed that, that the part of his brain that would have had him dream or hallucinate or have any any thoughts like that was was badly inflamed and, and damaged. I, I think they thought when if he did recover, he would have brain damage. But, uh, you know, he had this experience and they were saying, well, you know, because of the parts of the brain that were affected and the way it was affected, uh, it doesn't seem like he could be, you know, in that state uh, dreaming or hallucinating or having mind images. So there's some very interesting stuff out there for people to look into. And again, the, the name of that book is Proof of Heaven. I don't remember the, the doctor's name, but there's a, a lot of good reading material out there if you want to delve in and kind of start getting a little bit more understanding of your own your own mind body spirit your own brain your own thoughts your own soul as it were fascinating stuff or you can listen to cypress hills famous uh song insane in the brain Any they can do that too there? that was a, that was a uh, joke <laughs> grenade ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> Because you told that joke before, it lost all of its grit. <laughs> Have I told that joke before? I love it. I, I, I you know, I, I did, I did a show called "Insane in the Ukraine" with that song in the background, but that's a whole other topic which we won't get into today. You don't need to, <laughs> you don't need to travel outside of your mind, body, or spirit for all of that stuff. But uh, any last comments, Paul? Anything else you want to add uh, uh, to the show here today? No, just my contact info. If people want to, you know, contact me, they can write nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. They can find me on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Just put in uh, Paul James Caden or Paul James Caden, uh, the spirit side. I'm very easy to find. And I also have a great show coming out on Wednesday with a guest, Carol Ann Dickinson, who is a psychic medium and author. And we're doing a show on uh, walking with the archangels. So that'll be a fun show if you're interested in that sort of thing. Yeah. And if you'd like to, uh, you know, uh, have uh, listened to more of my shows that are outside of this realm, I'm not even going to give you any of the information. Just close your eyes and think and it'll come to you. I'm sending (laughs) out a thought to you right now. But in case you're not into that kind of stuff. (laughs) <laughs> and your consciousness is connected with those neurons in your brain, like I feel mine is, uh, then you can reach me, uh, Stan Wanglin at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D at gmail.com. And my show is called Just Thinking. And uh, wow, we've got about 256 wonderful shows for you to listen to, including one on Veterans Day today. And uh, I would love to hear from you. And with that. Uh, but wait a minute. Put on the break there, son. Let me ask you a question for our audience. Sure. When you say our consciousness is connected to our neurons, Mm -hmm. what what happens when the body absolutely dies dead in the ground? Is there life after death? Do we cease to be? Or are we half conscious because those neurons no longer function in the brain? You know, that's a whole other kind of show, but there's also the law. That, no, no, no. And it's wonderfully, it's wonderfully explained in many things. You know, matter and energy, are, they can't be created or destroyed. Uh, you know, they, there's a fixed amount of them in the universe. You know, that you is know, true. So they get, uh, uh, nobody really knows the answer to that question, but they do know that uh, that energy goes somewhere. And... Uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't think anybody is quite sure, but all of us have our beliefs where that goes. Mine would be probably very closely aligned to where you're leading your thoughts to. As a matter of fact, uh, they just had an article um, yesterday that came out in the uh, scientific news, a legitimate article saying that the universe appears to have a consciousness. Not yeah, a no. person, that's the universe. And that's like an echo, an ecosystem having a, a sense of being an entity. But that's a whole other show. But maybe that's one we'll, maybe that's one we'll do sometime. It could be, it could be. It's one where we will go deeply and wade deep, deeply into the weeds. It's heavy stuff. 
It really is. There's, there's a lot of it looks very simple and a lot of it is very complicated. And a really good thing to read about with that is quantum mechanics, which is very difficult in many ways. Because the world exists on many, many different levels simultaneously. And that's a fact. No, it doesn't. No, it does. <laughs> but do we lose you folks? You're saying, huh? Can't we just talk about ghosts? <laughs> well, here's one. Here's one for everybody to contemplate. And we won't answer this question. But this one is this one is deep. Is how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? <laughs> Two chords. <laughs> well, folks, you guys have a safe time uh, gallivanting through the universe, through the cosmos, with uh, your metaphysical powers. And uh, Paul, any final words from you? Nope, I've had all my final words. I am good to go. <laughs> well. God bless everybody, and we'll catch you next time on The People Under the Stairs. Thank you for listening to this episode of The People Under the Stairs. If you would like to reach out to the host of this show, please feel free to email Paul at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. That's nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. And if you would like to reach out to Stan, please feel free to go over to his Twitter page and give him a follow at S. Wangland. That's at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D. Or feel free to email him at swangland at gmail.com. That's at swangland at gmail.com. And please continue to check out all the new episodes of The People Under the Stairs every Wednesday and every Sunday on the Reality Check Podcast Network. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at, is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms.